I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We are some of the luckiest guys I know because we get to drive pretty much every truck that comes out. And what's becoming more and more popular, heavy-duty trucks. They are just on a roll. Why? Because all of them have outstanding power. Their towing numbers are going through the roof. Their hauling numbers are going through the roof. They're more efficient. They're more user-friendly. They're more expensive. And we have a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to bring to you about heavy-duty trucks in this week's podcast. Absolutely, uh, Nathan. You nailed it. I'm sorry. This is Andre, by the way. If you can't recognize my voice. It's a sexy, dulcet tone. Hello. Hello. Yeah, you can, like can, yeah. you hear, can you hear me now? You sound almost French. It's awesome. Ooh. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la, la. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so, a couple things. Um, I went to the tournament. My daughter is in volleyball. Yeah. And I was really screaming on top of my lungs. You know, they were winning many games. Yeah. So <clears throat> it affected my voice slightly. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Okay. Uh, no, okay. but you, you're absolutely right. We're getting a lot of questions, a lot of interest in heavy-duty trucks. And we've been driving heavy-duty trucks on the Ike for 10 years. It's been Remember a back, back in the day, Roman and Mr. Truck and you and, and me 
and many others. We, we've been testing trucks for 10 years. We really have. And I, we've kind of, um, how, do, how would I put this? We've made it kind of like part of our thing, right? It's, it's, it's what makes TFL truck TFL truck. And it's also our passion, right? It is you our know? passion. Yeah. And it's a very hard test. I know some of you guys are like, well, there's got to be harder ones out there. I'm sure there are. If you combine everything that we do with the Ike Gauntlet, and we've been refining it every single year, you're going to find that it is an excellent test of all trucks, including, most importantly, heavy-duty trucks, which is what this podcast is about. And we have a lot of questions that have recently come in, and I think that before we go into, you know, get into the weeds with the heavy-duty trucks, maybe we right. should start with one of them. Yeah, and uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, our okay. Patreon supporters. Absolutely. Uh, without you guys, and still, you guys support us every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love this, and that's why we are talking, using this podcast to talk to you about it. Patreon.com slash TFLcar is our only page for all TFL studios right. uh, for support and also conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ask us questions, you tell us uh, your feedback, and we address it. For example... I've been gone for about a week, right? We can, we can mention about why I was gone. We, need, we do need to talk yeah, about that yeah. a little bit. And partially, the image behind us on TV, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see it. But if you're just listening to us, thank you. Um, in the last week, Mike Stanley, Jonathan Free, David Cole, Christopher Nelson, Duncan Marsh, Norberto, Trey Smith. Dude, did you see that? I got all the names. You got all the names. They sounded great. I think you should keep screaming because your voice is <laughs> awesome right now. My God. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so these are our recent Patreons, guys. Thank you very much for your support. And for example, Duncan and Norberto, uh, they're not just you know um, submitting a couple d- dollar donations. Um, they're they're giving us huge support. So should we start with Duncan's question? And this- we should after you hit that little button there to hit the red. Thing? Uh, I'm or getting a okay? phone call. I apologize. No, no, that's I'm, okay. You're probably it's, it's spam. I was going to say they're going to ask about your insurance. I well, play with those guys like you wouldn't believe. I think, you know, they've been telling me that I, I can get a discount on cable TV. Oh, cable? Really? <laughs> my stuff has all been insurance or, or not just insurance, but my warranty. Yeah. And oh, I, it's been out? Oh, it, it's, it's hysterical. I, well, because some, someone found out that I bought a new car. Yes. And so they're like, yeah, we, we will extend your I was like, I already got a 10-year warranty. This is interesting. So I've been using, like, different accents and everything else just to absolutely torment these people. I know, I know. They're just doing their job. But in some cases, they can be a little rude. So anyway, I've had some fun with them. But let's continue with this because you actually have a question, a couple questions. And I'd like to answer one of those uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. So uh, as you have guessed, this podcast is all about uh, basically kind of a buyer's guide for heavy-duty pickups. Yeah, uh, be- in general. In general, and yeah. this is our perspective and kind of history, but also looking forward because the new heavy-duty trucks are just around the corner. Right. right? Um, so Duncan is asking this question, which just leads directly towards this podcast. Okay. Uh, he says, I would like to get your opinion on what was the best gasoline drivetrain in the last generation of the big three heavy-duty trucks. Of mm. course, Ford, General Motors, and Ram 3500. So Duncan is interested in about in one-ton you know, heavy trucks. Yeah. And also he says, and what do you think about moving forward? What will be... Um, the interesting uh, gasoline. So he's not talking about diesel. No, he's only talking gasoline engines. But interesting gasoline powertrains in the future. I think a lot of people out there, especially those who are not in the community for heavy-duty trucks, don't understand that every large heavy-duty truck 
does have a gasoline option, which is usually a lot cheaper than your diesel option. Of course, there are negatives to that as well. But in reality, right now, all three have either new or upcoming new engines, with the exception of Ram, I believe. I don't think Ram, there's a new Hemi that I know of that's coming out in No, soon. they've kind of enjoyed their 6.4-liter Hemi yeah. for several years. And, and it's, 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 a, it's still moving on. Yeah, so and it's fine. known to be a pretty reliable yeah. powertrain. But yeah. um, let, let's, let's uh, answer this question. You go first. Uh, for the older V8s and heavy-duty trucks, the gas right. ones. Right, and it sounds like Duncan is looking like f- his first part of the question is like three years and prior. He's probably three looking years for ago a prior. truck, I bet. Yeah, um, so... Uh, one engine immediately jumped to mind in gasoline mm. terms is the uh, General Motors 6.0. 6. Oh, oh, 6.0. Yeah. Not the 6.2? Uh, well, no, because they didn't use the um, in the heavy-duty space. Three years ago uh, they did, didn't they? I could have sworn they, they did in the 2500s. Are you thinking about Ford, maybe? Because yeah. they okay. had a 6.2. and then. Okay. Right it okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know. No, I don't want. I don't want the six two. Okay. I want the six zero. The six zero. So Which here's you've, you've had experience with personally. Yeah. So this goes back several years because mm-hmm. we also uh, TFL purchased a Hummer H two, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a conglomeration of multiple, you know, powertrains and body components and its own uh, unique uh, feeling about it, of course. But the six zero back in the day was also a four speed automatic. Mm-hmm. That was a pairing. It was a really great pairing because they were both known to, to be very durable. Maybe not very fast, but the heavy-duty truck is usually not measured on its speed. It's usually measured on its hauling capacity, towing, and, and also du- durability. Durability, absolutely. And then they later had a six-speed uh, made it to it, which I think, in my, in my opinion, made it for a great combination. You know, the six-speed with an older 6.0 has been a solid, solid powertrain choice. So that kind of popped into my head immediately when he said gasoline engines from a few years back. I would, I, the 6.0 is very good. And I know people who have had them in RVs and other work vehicles and have had them for years. And I've rarely heard anything negative really about those, especially when you pair them with, you know, going way back to the old 400 uh, transmissions and then, you know, the later ones, the, the really built ones that they, they, you know, increased in terms of flywheel mass and everything else. Mm-hmm. They still were able to really work well with those six liter engines and they just seem solid. But my choice personally, and this is sort of a personal bias, is, of course, the big Hemi, the 6.4. Um, I love that engine. Uh, it's better now that it's paired with the eight speed. But when it was paired with the previous transmission on, and you guys know that I like the um, Power Wagon, so that's obviously what I'm referring oh, to. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I still thought it was excellent. Not the most efficient powertrain, but uh, very, very strong, stout. And once again, another one that I hear is pretty reliable. Yeah, and here's the thing about heavy-duty trucks. And, of course, there is two versions of heavy-duty trucks, um, kind of... Um, everyday trucks that anybody can buy. You and I can go out immediately right now and buy a heavy-duty truck. Exactly. And there's also commercial fleet vehicles. Which is a different, a whole different um, thing. And some of them have different ratings mm-hmm. for, for those reasons. Uh, uh, but uh, I would also agree with you, especially in the newer generation, 6.4 Hemi with an 8-speed uh, ZF or ZF. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan is from Canada. Oh, okay. Well, so we have to say ZF. ZF, there you go. Um, so... If you're talking about the eight-speed combination with the Hemi, and I think, and th- I think that's maybe why Ram hasn't updated it recently. It's because it's really solid. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. So it's already really, really great. But in the interim, 
while they are still doing the old Hemi, General Motors has gone with some new engines. Ford has gone with some new engines, gas engines. For their, you know, with the 7.3, which we've had uh, some real experience with. We've owned one, yes. We've owned one, and we've driven them in other trucks. And that's Ford's new lump. Although I hear that they're actually working on yet another one. 6.8. Right. Um, so we haven't driven the 6.8 before. No. But can we finish, um, before we move on to like the current and the next gen, Okay. Um, I want to uh, address the comment about the Ford 6.2 liter okay. gas V8. Please. Because, well, actually we owned a version of this V8 in our first gen Raptor. Remember? Yep. That was a 6.2. And dude, that Raptor TFL Studios had owned for three years approximately 55,000 miles. And we beat the crap out of that thing. You, Emmy Hall and Roman, towed with it across country. Mm -hmm. um, we took it to Moab. We took it to every trail. And that engine never hiccuped. Never no. once. No, and it just was, it's, it was, it's kind of lethargic. It, it just likes to kind of rumble on the highway at like 1,800, 2,000 RPM or whatever, uh, regardless of what speed you're at almost. It towed just fine. And... Really performed very well. Really, the only issue I had with it was the fact it was really inefficient um, towing. I mean, I, with our mileage oh, yeah. was terrible. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, it was, yeah, it was excellent, an excellent engine. And, of course, it was made it to the 6-speed automatic Yeah, this is well. prior to the 10-speed uh, coming in. Yeah. yeah. So why did I choose 6.0? Well, so our, our main experience with a 6.2 gas Ford was in the light-duty truck, right? specifically the Raptor, which is a whole different application, right? That is true. That application is for off-roading. It's for fun. You know, they I'm gave sure it, it was tuned differently. They gave it a little bit more power yeah. because of that, right? Um, in the heavy-duty trucks, I kind of felt like 6.2 was okay, but like it wasn't a, like a standout powertrain in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I thought you know, the 6.0 GM was kind of the previous king, so to speak. Okay, I can understand that. But the tables have turned. Uh, yeah, things have changed. So, like you mentioned, so looking forward into the future a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And also what's happening right now, um, two years ago or two and a half years ago, Ford introduced a 6.3, I'm sorry. 7.3. 7.3 uh, gasoline, the, the nickname Godzilla mm -hmm. engine, right? And we beat the, the bejeebies out of that one. Yeah. And it's made it to a 10-speed now. Yes. Yes, it is made it to a 10-speed now. Um, I really had no problems with the powertrain. Uh, that engine worked just fine, especially because we went and took a heavy-duty truck and we put much larger wheels and tires on it. We made it much, much, much heavier. It still did everything it's asked for. Actually, the truck itself had performance issues that had nothing to do with the engine and transmission. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was really uh, suspension and tire issues and all the other stuff, with stuff we did to it. But the engine performed like a champ. Yeah, and so we had it for, what, a year? Mm-hmm. Um, we lifted it, like you said. Yep. We put a big camper on, on top of it. Yes, we did. Uh, we towed, while it had the camper on it, we towed with it on mm. the Ike. Right. So we really stressed that powertrain out to the maximum, and it always performed. Mm -hmm. It had plenty of power. So it, it was almost um, crossing over into the benefits of diesel, in a way, right? Because it was that powerful. It had and really that, good torque. Yeah, so and really good torque. Um, Here's what I want to say before we um, mention, um, I want to talk about the 10-speed, the new one, uh, because it's a cool design. Mm -hmm. I really like that Ford is doing this because they introduced uh, the 10-speed in their light-duty trucks, and they worked with General Motors, right? Right. To co-develop that. 
and then they supersized it, literally made every component bigger and put it in their heavy-duty trucks, right, in the Ford Super Duty. But we sold our F-250, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, we sold it on TFL bids. A uh, really nice gentleman purchased it on the uh, West Coast, yeah. uh, Northwest, and he put many, many more miles on it, and now he's having a hiccup with the transmission. Oh, Transmission started to rough shift. It's not performing very well. And it's still kind of within its warranty period, right? It's still within the first three years and, uh, you know, under under 40,000 miles. I hope Ford honors that warranty considering all the uh, work it's been done to the truck. Mm. Remember that they can be pretty sneaky about yeah, warranty yeah, stuff. Yeah, they, they can. But I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if, if Ford would do that or not. Um, but you that's know, the image the heavy-duty truck offers, right? Yeah. You mentioned they're getting more popular, which is true. Yeah. We can see the sales numbers, mm-hmm. spe- specifically General Motors. They actually report their sales, right? So on the heavy-duty trucks, and they're growing. They're yeah. actually growing faster than light-duty truck sales. So I think the space – but that image comes along with it. You buy an overbuilt truck. Yes. It's got bigger axles, bigger frame, bigger – this the engine transmission, so you can beat on it, and that's the image that it provides. Correct. So, so lift it, give it a slightly bigger tire. I, I, after you check and make sure that your warranty oh. will still be active after you do these things. Okay. I'm just trying to look. Uh, you know, I, I've been through the warranty nightmare with other vehicles in my past, where minor things people were trying to point out and go, "Oh, I don't know if we can cover your engine warranty because you put a K and N filter in there," you know, or whatever. Oh yeah. No, oh, yeah. Some people yeah, will yeah, screw yeah. you like, like yeah. that. So keep that in mind. Just do your due diligence before you really get crazy with lifting and all that. Just FYI, um, I'll, I'll close up my end on the uh, future with with the the Ram engine, but also. Um, as much as I love the 6.2 Chevy and, and GMC products, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a fantastic powertrain. I believe it's the only one that does require a premium. Am I correct? Yeah, the 6.2s. Well, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Yeah. That That's the only issue. Otherwise, I'd choose it because it's such a flexible, powerful engine. I love it. But that's my issue. As such, I'm going to stick with the 6.4 Big Hemi um, with the eight-speed. It's just a fantastic combination. So, okay, so here's my take on this. Um, Let's mention the new gas engine from GM first. Oh, yeah. Uh, They redesigned uh, the engine and now increased it to Mm 6.6. So there's now a 6.6-liter gas V8 in the GM heavy-duty space as well. And they left the transmission alone for now Mm -hmm. um, until 2024 trucks arrive within the next couple months. Yeah. Um, And that combination wasn't great. The engine is pretty good, but the way it's paired with that six-speed, for whatever reason, we did the eye gauntlet with it. We pushed it to the maximum, and it just didn't deliver that punch. Right. didn't deliver the power. Although the reliability and just general powertrain is good, I wouldn't make it – I wouldn't call it great. Okay. So if you ask me right now, which gasoline heavy-duty truck would I put my money on right now? I would have to say Godzilla, actually, okay. the current, the current generation. And that makes it. total sense, considering that we've had a lot of good luck with it. Yeah, we had good luck. It's great power, mm-hmm. uh, and you could use it in a v- wide variety of um, tasks, except for heavy, heavy towing. Um, we recently did um, a Ram, our new Trailhound series, right? 
that's on TFL Off Road. Uh, and I will channel. be asking him a couple questions about that. Yeah, we listened, uh, recently lifted this truck uh, using BDS components and Fox shocks, and of course 37s as well with BFG, and we towed about 2,000 miles with this because we brought a Buhanka van from Colorado to Arizona for our dramatic off-road adventure uh, on El Camino del Diablo. Diablo. Yes. Yeah, and um, it's interesting. I, I, you just posted a few pictures that I reposted on Facebook. Yeah. Got some very interesting reactions. People don't realize how difficult something like that was, and you managed to do it. But before we go into that, let's just quickly talk about you know, the, your, you, let's wrap yeah. up the engine thing. Yeah, yeah. And the engine, the reason why I brought up the, this trip, it's because our Ram 2500 is a Cummins diesel. Mm-hmm. And I've towed, I've been fortunate enough to have an almost identical Ram truck with a Hemi. Mm-hmm. This was when the six-speed was around. So. That's correct, yeah. Um, and I towed a boat to New Mexico and back. Mm-hmm. So I do have real experience in the real world towing trailers with a, a Hemi Ram and also the Cummins diesel Ram. Right. And both are competent, really comfortable, um, just easygoing trucks. But the gasoline f- efficiency while towing suffers greatly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got like nine and a half MPG towing in the Hemi. And we got between 11 and 14 MPG towing similar weights with the Cummins. So I would say if you, for example, for Duncan, if he, is, if he does tow regularly, I would consider a diesel. I agree stuff. with you 100%. But for other tasks. For other the, tasks, the, the, the the gas, especially because the, all the savings, you know, you and diesel is very expensive right now too. Sure. Um, in terms of just the short term, if you do not need to tow all the time, and if you're hauling from time to time and essentially using your truck as a daily driver, the new gasoline engines that are out or coming out really are much more efficient than they used to be, the more powerful than they used to be, and hopefully the more reliable than they used to be. So, Yeah. So I would say for me, GM in the past, you know, just a few years back, I think they were really great at gas engines. Mm-hmm. I think now Ford took the crown Okay. just this now. But for 2024, GM is going to throw a 10-speed Allison branded transmission behind their gas engine. So I cannot wait to try that. Yeah, and once we try that, we'll be able to give you some serious technical and non-biased perspective on how that worked. So stay tuned. That will probably come in a couple months. Yeah, I would imagine so. So we don't have a date yet, but we'll do another one of these uh, once we have more experience with uh, the new engines. Indeed. Now, should I ask quickly about this, or should we go yeah. to another Patreon question? No, let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Trailhound uh, series. Okay. Now, first of all, for those of you who are wondering, the Trailhound series is based essentially around a build that we did with our very own Ram twenty five hundred with the Cummins diesel. And when we bought the truck, uh, initially Roman wanted to buy one of the least expensive Cummins. That was his idea. <laughs> There was nothing available. This was in uh, 2020 that we bought this, or 2021? No. Um, was it 2022? I, I, my, it was, my... So it's about a year old. So we okay. really purchased it in, like, um, January of 2022. Okay. So right now it's March. Well, it's almost – it is March. Yeah, it, as of uh, t- when, when you're tomorrow. listening to this. Yeah. Um, so it's been about a year and two months. Okay. Now, in that time, we've used the vehicle as a tow vehicle, as, as a uh, – a camera vehicle, 
It's done all the work with the studio. Really, really good stuff. And Andre's done a ton of towing with it. And we've done some light off-roading with it. This is before the modifications. And then we came up with the idea that we wanted to make this into an overlander. One of the recipes for having a great overlanding vehicle in our book, and we're not just talking about camping off, you know, at, at a KOA. We're talking about getting off the grid. Diesel powertrain is a really good way to go because you have that extra range. And, you, of course, you can carry extra fuel. So... Roman decided that we wanted to go back to Alaska, mm-hmm. right? And Which he wanted, is a long-range trip. It's a long-ass trip. and yes. But he wanted to go to the most western point of Alaska. And so we wanted a vehicle essentially designed to do that and do it in remote areas. So that's why we decided to use this truck. But you always need to do a shakedown when you're doing a major project like this. And that's exactly what Andre and Alex did with this project and to add insult to injury they decided to tow oh not an atv no 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 but a heavy soviet era designed van that is very very flat (laughs) which creates a lot of wind resistance well it's called a loaf of bread that's the translation of buhanka yeah so imagine towing a square basically behind you yes and uh with with a roof rack that weighs mm, as much as me i think (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty damn heavy. We used. We actually just published a video on the Bohanka build, right? Um, because we had to. Um, we built a little bed platform inside of it, the shelves, and we used David's um, forklift. Forklift. He's got a tractor with a forklift Fork, attachment yeah. um, to actually because we needed like four people to lift that. Yeah, rack. that thing is crazy heavy. By the way, by the time you're hearing this, you're going to see the story on TFL Off Road which I'm actually about to write, and, uh, or go to alttfl.com. Uh, yes. Sorry. I'm, well, we not do have eight channels that. and four <laughs> it websites. It's a little confusing. Yes, yeah, so alttfl.com right. is one place. Uh, we get a lot of comments like this. You guys put out a lot of content. Where do I go? alttfl.com. Yeah, it's all there. It, it, it's, it, it just basically, yeah, it brings it all in. Okay, so anyway, what we decided to do for Shakedown is to send poor Andre and Alex out to what is considered one of the most remote places in the United States. In the 48th contiguous. Right. Because Alaska is really remote. But, yes. But we want it to be closer. Like you said, it's a Shakedown. Right. Right. And also poor David joined us. That's why, right. Why poor? Well, because we did it, we wanted to do it in five days. Yes. That was a tough schedule. It was partially my fault uh, because, um, well, it's a work week, right? You know, I I can't take David away for weeks at a time, you know, from his other... He's still got other stuff to do. He has a life. Well, I was going to say he was the guest star. That's why I I wasn't mentioning... Well, kind of, yeah. But he really is. And in David's case, what he did, thank God, was he also took over some of the driving duties and... He was a very good third person to have with because he designed some of the stuff on the interior of both trucks. Both both trucks, trucks, yeah. um, Which, once again, that video that we just mentioned will cover in the Buhanka. So now you have a heavier Buhanka. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, much heavier. And they went out uh, from here to Moab, Utah, did a shakedown with both vehicles, I believe. Yep. And then from there, then they headed towards the border. Yes, so... Um, I don't want to make this podcast all about this trip because we're no. going to do... That's uh, the whole actually, point of watching the videos. Yeah, and also I want to invite David to our studio for yes. podcast because David has more to share. Well, he was there. 
Well, yeah, and by by that I mean we focused on the off-road portions mm-hmm. a lot, but we also drove two thousand miles. Right. So, um, and he has more to share because we wanted to talk about the suspension lift, how it handled. And this actually has to do with the ne- next question we received. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of what I was hoping we could uh, bridge to. So, but if you're watching us on TFL Talk channel, uh, we have a few images of uh, already published from the desert, which was just a long trip right. and um, com- quite taxing physically, physically taxing. This is, um, if you're thinking about you know, hey, when you're camping out in the middle of nowhere, you're only 50 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles away from civilization. Yes. But when you're doing it the way Andre did it uh, with the boys, you're over 100 miles away from people. By the way, there were people who were trying to reach you when you were on your little trip. I ain't going to mention that later on. What? Yeah, who? there are people who? looking for you. Uh, uh, authorities, you mean? Well, yeah, the authority, the boss. And I'm not talking about Are you Roman. talking about Roman? No. Oh, oh. The boss for you. My wife? Yes. Did you forget to tell her that you're going to be in the middle of nowhere? Oh, really? Yeah, she yeah. She was reaching out to you? She was looking and, for you. Well. Because there's no signal. There's no nothing. I, I assume. Did you bring the satellite phone with? Yeah, we did. Oh, thank God. Because I said that. We and did. I was then, I, then after I said that, I thought, oh, I hope they did. We did. So in the case of an emergency, we're not... Complete idiots, although I, I know I am. But uh, we do bring a satellite phone when we know we're going to remote locations just in case there's an emergency. So El Camino del Diablo, just really quickly, it's a trail between Ajo, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it's um, we, that's where we started. And we went westward because you can run it both directions. Right. But we went to the west towards Yuma. Mm-hmm. And it's about 125 miles plus of nothing but dirt. But it also gets close to the U.S.-Mexico border. Correct. And the funny thing... Funny, funny fact from the trip, there were some areas, not at a campsite, but other areas along the way where we picked up a cell signal from Mexico. Not U.S., but, but Mexico. Mexico. And so our phones, we're looking at our phones, and they said, welcome to Mexico. But we weren't <laughs> in Mexico. You know what I'm saying? We were yeah. close enough. Yeah. Um, but so that was kind of a funny thing. So I did, of course, my wife knew where I was. Um, I said, you know, we're going, you know, to, to this overland trip, and she assumed, well, we've done the Motor Mountain USA Jeep trip. Uh, yeah. Our wives assumed they can get a hold of us at any moment's notice, at any time. Which is really funny because there were times where they couldn't, and we did lose all cell service, especially. And this when was we the were, case here. We yeah, didn't have a cell This is even more extreme because you really were in the middle of nowhere. And that's kind of my point here is that uh, no gas stations, no restaurants, no hotels, no nothing, no, no houses. No toilets. No toilets. Um, <laughs> but you guys did have a full camping setup, which was part of the whole thing of this build. And the whole point of this is to make sure that, you know, we, we if there are problems, and it turns out there were a couple issues that you guys had to work through. We did, yeah. Um, and that will all be sorted by the time we do the Alaska run. And while before we move on to the next question that has to do with heavy-duty suspensions, Can we take a little uh, break for our sponsor? Absolutely. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, dude, here we go. Um, there is a question on patreon.com, TFL car from Norberto, okay? Okay. Here's what Norberto is saying. Hello, I just bought a 2023 GMC Sierra 2584. So this mm. is a cool off-road nice truck. Nice truck. Uh, with a diesel. Yes, Duramax. Okay. okay. Uh, my information sticker in the door says 3,100 pounds of payload. Mm. Norberto, thank you, because many people don't even read that sticker. Yes. So that's really important. Um. And also, his truck is rated at 18,500 pounds of towing, which is also a General Motors sticker, mm-hmm. which the other manufacturers don't do. I really wish they would. Yeah. Yeah. Which GM does do, which is great. Yes. My question is, I'm planning on buying a travel trail that weighs around gross vehicle trailer weight of 11,000 pounds. So like a sizable camper, probably quite long. Yeah, it sounds like it's pretty big. Maybe 30 feet. What do you think? Yeah, it might be a toy hauler or something yeah. like that, too. And, of course, it has 1,200 pounds of hitch weight, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do a 5-inch lift on my truck just for looks. Will this affect my payload and towing numbers provided by GM? Yeah. The short answer is yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Let's move on. No. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Thank you. Um, I totally get where you're coming from. A lot of people like to do a nice lift, and you know, especially with a badass-looking truck. And... GMC really is. However, when you do a lift, every inch you add onto the vehicle changes the dynamics of the vehicle. And I'm not just talking about it's your tow rating, which will drop, and your hauling capacity, which will drop. But also in terms of overall performance, braking, acceleration, cornering, all of that has to do with it. Even your fuel mileage will be affected by a lift. So keep that in mind. And then go to the second level of this. What type of lift are you doing? Now, the lift we did on our Cummins, that was a very expensive (laughs) lift. And we went through a lot of trouble to make sure that everything was dialed in. Three-inch lift, right? Yeah, approximately three-inch. They call it three-and-a-half in the front, and the rear is kind of a leveling system. Uh So it's using these uh, steel, basically, spacers. Uh Um, But we used BDS suspension. Right. Why? Well, they actually have several levels of RAM lift suspensions. Um, We chose this um, 
inch system. Uh, it comes with its own front spring, so the actual lift comes from the spring, not spacers. Or, or a body lift. Or, or a body lift, nothing right. like that. But it also has geometry correction because, Very once important. again, drive shafts, mm -hmm. you know, all those components um, have to be, you know, with, with, within spec. So that's a pretty high-quality system. That was around $2,000, I believe, for mm. components. For the components. Plus approximately $3,200 for the shocks themselves. So that's for all four corners. Mm -hmm. uh, and we used a Fox 2.5 li um, liter, 2.5-inch <laughs> system. Right. Performance Elite Series. So adjustable, mm -hmm. adjustable shocks. So that's... And specifically, we chose high-quality components because we knew we didn't want to mess around, you know, with a guy, you know, in the alleyway trying to lift your truck, you know, for, for cheap, right? <laughs> I just had this image of some guy coming up to you and, like, whispering, hey, man, hey, man, hey, man. I got a lift for you. What do you say? Come on, hook me up. Hook truck, me. truck lift. Lift, lift, lift. Come on, give you nine yes. inches, 9,000. Wow. Um, but we also wanted a lift that would work for off-roading. We do a lot of off-roading at TFL, and... One of the things you want with a proper lift, I'm not talking looks, I'm just talking off-roading, is enough to where you, if you're articulating and you have larger tires and all that, that you're not rubbing. And that is something that we wanted to make sure that we were, you know, well within uh, the range of reasonable capability. And that's exactly what we did with this truck. So that's why we did our three-inch lift. It was, it, although it looks really good, I think. Um, it wasn't done just cosmetically. It was done really for functionality. And in doing that and having everything tuned very carefully and spending an awful lot of money doing it, we didn't really lose much in terms of its overall capability. However, mm -hmm. however, mm -hmm. I do believe, and we just don't have the number, I don't think, our towing rating and our capacity in the bed has dropped a little bit. Well, we also are carrying a LU cabin camper in our belt, which is what so it's about. Pounds? It's about like a bit. Well, um, it starts at around five hundred pounds, right. just kind of a naked system. But when you add, you know, the heater and the battery system and solar, it all adds weight. So maybe like six hundred to seven hundred pounds. Okay, okay, a little less than um, that. So, a couple things, right? Um, uh, your payload from from the factory, right? He's talking about the sticker on the yep. truck, right? is really baked in into the truck. Mm -hmm. Unless you change the springs themselves, kind of like what we did in the front of this truck, that, that doesn't change. So the more weight you add to the truck, heavier suspensions, bigger tires, that all subtracts from your payload number. Yes. Right? So you have to remember that. So that, that doesn't change unless, like I said, you're designing your own suspension with its own springs, maybe adding air helpers, like air airbag suspension. Right. All of that changes everything. Yeah. Um, and also, we really don't know how the towing was affected. I mean, the ultimate numbers, right? The truck is taller, so it has a different profile. The engine has to work a little harder to move a bigger <laughs> vehicle through the air. But you've towed with it before when it was in stock form. Did it squat as much? N not quiet. Mm -hmm. No, not quiet. Uh, you know, so it did squat. It, it looks squatty. Yep, actually, uh, that's the, what I'm looking the, at in this in, picture. In this picture. Um, and that's because partially also because of the camper. Mm -hmm. So if, the, you, if you took the trailer off of it and left just the camper, the truck is level. Yep. So it's kind of designed not super for towing. 
it's designed for off-roading, like you said. So there's no rubbing, so it performs great off-road, so it performs great in everything. A compliant driving. suspension for off-roading. And yeah. usually, and you see it with super trucks, like the Ranger Raptor, the Ranger Raptor, gosh. Any, the, the any Raptor. Through, any Raptor, yeah. but also the TRX and all those other ones, their numbers drop quite a bit, and a part of that has to do with the suspension setup. Yeah, totally. So, but, and we published a video about this, and this is not just me talking. David drove the truck. Mm -hmm. Alex drove the truck with a trailer. And after the suspension lift, we unanimously said, hey, the suspension feels great. You know... <laughs> Towing with this truck, we did 2,000 miles of towing. I sometimes forgot there was a trailer behind us. <laughs> and that's the beauty of a heavy-duty truck. That, yeah, right? with, especially with a beefy diesel engine. Yeah, right? and the diesel engine is still churning at about 1,500 RPM mm -hmm. at highway speed. Um, we have to remember, it has to be corrected for the bigger tire size, of course. too. Um, and it just was comfortable. So uh, did we actually ruin this truck for towing? No. The answer is no, we did not. Uh, diminish its uh, confident towing abilities? Did we diminish that ultimate 20,000-pound tow rating? Probably yes. By how much? We don't know. That's Until we, unless we follow the J2807 standard, right, because that's what manufacturers use. Exactly. And that would cost, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to retest. <laughs> it, it, we might be able to find a slightly cheaper way of doing that, but essentially... <laughs> What you're doing with any type of lift is there's a gun, there has to be compromise somewhere, right? You can't just get it for free. So, uh, obviously, you know, five inch lift with the beefy badass tires or whatever you're going to put underneath it, I'm sure it's going to look great. And if you do your due diligence, at the very least, you can have a quality lift, one that maybe has its own warranty, which I would recommend. But there's the other side of it. And, you know, once again, Andre and I have already covered it, which is you're going to have some compromises that you're going to have to deal with. Now, a lot of people will go and, like, put bigger brakes on or beef your axles or beef up the powertrain because they're going to lose speed. It won't be as fast because you're higher. All these things are great, but they're also more money. And all of a sudden, you have this brand-new truck, and you put $20,000 into a suspension system with tires and wheels and brakes and everything else, and you still have lost some form of performance. So I rarely recommend massive lifts unless you know exactly what you're doing for certain types of off-roading. But because you said it's cosmetic, look into it, do your due I, diligence, and, and definitely check out and make sure that you get a quality system. Yeah, and Roberto, I, you know, um, I haven't looked exactly at all the lifts provided, you know, currently available on the heavy-duty GM truck. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I would second your... Uh, call out, Nathan, is that I would look at lower lift systems. I mean, you don't have to lift it, you know, eight gazillion inches up into the air. Well, he said five, okay. and that's, that's okay. still a pretty good size lift. It's, it's, it's okay. It's not an eight. If you said eight or <laughs> I've 12. I've seen guys go a foot. I mean, yeah, uh, that would be, that would, you, you can be losing a lot of drivability, uh, a lot of safety. We haven't even touched on safety, my friend. No, we haven't. And um, actually, we should. Yeah. So one of the things a lot of people don't consider is the fact that you are no longer in the brackets of safe truck that was tested by the automaker or truck maker in this case because you're sitting a lot higher. And that means that in all forms of accidents, be it uh, a front end collision, a side collision, rear collision, your truck will behave very differently than it did before. And I have a very good example of, of that. Real quickly, I had a neighbor whose friend got in a terrible car accident where his truck 
actually went up and over the back end of the vehicle that he was ramming into. Uh And because of that, it did not hit on the uh, bumper or any of those areas. And despite the quick deceleration, no airbag went off. He slammed his head into his steering wheel and also did a hell of a number on the car that he was hitting. Yes, he went into the hospital and the vehicle was totaled. And he had a heavy-duty truck that was lifted, by the way. And he hit, I think, a mid-size crossover. Now, and he had a massive lift on this thing. So you have to keep that in mind. If someone hits you from the side, it's, they're no longer hitting the side of your vehicle, which was specifically built to take a hit. They're now hitting the underside of your vehicle, which was never designed for that. Yeah, you're changing a lot of elements. Yeah. Um, and nice trucks, new trucks. He, he just bought a 2023 Sierra. Yeah, this is I brand spanking new. 84. They have a lot of sensors, parking sensors. Exactly. Sometimes they have camera systems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, not sometimes, all the time now. Oh, yeah. um, especially on a nicer truck like an 84, they have usually surround view cameras. Yeah, at one point, GMC had the most cameras. Oh, yeah, and I think they still do. I'm, I'm not sure ways. if they still do, but... I, they, actually, I think Ram just one up them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because Ram just threw, oh, yeah, let's. here's two more cameras. And we're going to launch a satellite out of the roof, and it'll so. hover over and whatever. Uh, no, yeah. no, but but the, here's the, the, the point. Yes, you can do a five-inch lift if you found one, but then you have to recalibrate your camera systems because they won't work the same. No, they won't. Uh, if you have radar, you know, for adaptive cruise control systems, that's not going to work the same. Nope. So you have to recalibrate that. And Correct. That takes money and actually expertise. You have to find a shop that's able to do it. Just the speedometer alone will be most likely is going to put larger tires on there. That's going to be needed. Yeah. So so there's a lot more than just putting the truck in the air uh, that has to do also headlights. Yes. What if you need to reposition your headlights? You know, if you're pointing upwards, like I sometimes was while towing. Uh, you're going to be blinding some people. That's correct. That that could be an issue. Yeah, there's so many systems that are in modern vehicles that may have to be recalibrated or simply will not work if you do something like that. So as much as we're we're, we're sounding the alarm and throwing up the red flags about lifts, and neither of us are particularly fond of giant lifts, at the same time, if you, once again, do your due diligence, ask around, get a quality lift, make sure that you cover all the safety components of your vehicle, then, you know, by all means, do it. But you're going to be in the hole. It's going to cost a lot of dough. Yeah. I sound like a Debbie Downer, but I just We sound to... like Debbie Downers. And, but, you know, but... it's... But I'm um, just giving you my experience. Yeah, no. And, you know, we're trying to err on the side of caution. Yeah, totally. And this is what this is all about. Uh, what I do want to point out is that at any point, at, at no point after this build at Trailhound, mm-hmm. the Ram 2500 comments, did I... Uh, turned to Alex or David or somebody and said, we need more power. You know, a lot of people, there's there's a whole different, you know, s- subgenre of, of course, you know, tuning your diesel and going drag racing. I get that. Yeah. But for daily using, uh, daily usage of a heavy-duty truck, this the truck still accelerates well. The exhaust brake behaved really, really great for slowing down. Uh, we maintain highway speeds, no problem. We passed vehicles, no problem. At no point uh, did I say, let's tune our Cummins right now. Um, and that's the beauty of a diesel engine. It is, but it's also a beauty of the setup that we put on this vehicle. Now, bear in mind that in the past, and I won't go into too much detail, we've done lifts on almost every other vehicle, like every other vehicle that we've had, leading up to the a super lot trucks them. we started buying. Yes. Right. And in one time, and once again, I won't go into details, but... Andre and I turned to each other after this lift, and we had to drive uh, towards Nevada, and we both were like, this thing rides like crap. 
that we, we made a mistake by doing this lift. And it also seemed like it cut back on the power a little bit and it struggled. And uh, once again, this is just something that happens. So you, and it sucks that you have to realize that later on. But we've also had very successful lifts where it's like, oh, the vehicle wasn't compromised. It has plenty of power. It handles just fine. It's doing better. So there, there's the potential out there if you're very careful for getting a lift that will actually enhance most of your vehicle and make it a better, more entertaining vehicle to drive. Yeah, and also I never felt like, you know, a lot of people ask us about re-gearing the axle, mm. right? Because uh, this Ram has a 373 to 1 ratio in the rear axle, which is a stock ratio. Yep. That's how it's sold. Um, at no point did I say, oh, we need to re-gear this. It's not accelerating properly. No, it didn't happen. And But I think if you had a gas truck, and this is going back to Duncan's question, right? Yeah. If you had a gas heavy-duty truck, I would say you would notice the power uh, you know, effect of lifting your truck, putting heavier tires, and doing all this stuff. Doesn't the uh, power wagon have four tens front and rear? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, so and that helps. That does help. That and, does but help. it's and considering what it's built for, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So I would say um, for Norberto, if you are lifting a diesel truck, he bought a Duramax, mm -hmm. and so he does have the six six Duramax. He does have the ten speed Allison branded transmission. He's got all those things. So I would say he need, doesn't need to worry about additional power. Uh, that's my first take mm -hmm. about this because he will tow his 11,000-pound trailer, even with a small lift, um, I think without issue as far as power is concerned. Right. It's just the other elements like we discussed have to be addressed. Yeah. So you've heard it here from the experts. If you have to, simply beware. But on top of that, you should have enough power. Yes. I just encapsulated everything we just covered. Thanks. Yeah. So what I want to do next, I want to talk about dualies, the big boys. I want to talk about, this is a heavy-duty episode. It is. But before that, uh, how about we pause for another sponsor break? Let's do it. All right. So we were going to talk about dualies. Yes. And um, there's, it's an interesting thing because uh, we were just talking about lifts and, and people who were talking about, um, you know, making vehicles look really cool. And right now, there's a huge trend for people making giant dualies yes. where the wheel will stick out. You know, there's essentially everything that makes a dually difficult to get through certain parking areas or, let's say, a drive-through, make it even worse. I've seen that everywhere. Where it's actually I, touching both lines, so it's actually wider than a big red. Um, I've seen that. I have seen this, too, and it is a kind of a growing trend, at least here in our areas of yeah. Colorado. I don't quite get it myself, but, you know. Um, it's just nuts. Uh, you can convince me otherwise, maybe. But I, I would say a dually, of course, um, you can use it for work, mm -hmm. right, for sure. Uh, we understand that. But I would recommend a dually, like, if you're towing a big fifth-wheel camping trailer that's really, really tall, because some of those can be 13 feet high. Yes, they can. Like a semi-truck almost. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of air resistance, a lot of wind sideways motion. Right, and that, that plays with the rear axle of your vehicle. That's where your support comes from, really, for that big trailer. And so you need a wide stance. Right. You want to be like a bulldog, you know, standing there. So that's when you need a dually for that stability for towing heavier loads. And that's how you get those big numbers, like 30,000 pounds of towing or 35,000 pounds of towing. And in some cases, maybe even 40,000. I can't believe when Ford came out with those numbers. Yeah. It's still insane. But yeah, that's, and that's the whole point of a dually, of course. And they went from being a very, rather agricultural vehicle, very simple, 
to now being kind of a fashion statement. And <clears throat> all of the toolies look cool. I, I agree. And some people are like, oh, it's just like driving a big rig. I'm going to put those really large big rig tire mm-hmm. wheel combinations on them, mm-hmm. which look a little weird, but whatever. Um, and I'm sorry. I, 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 let me go back to the actual <laughs> thing here is that there's a purpose for this is my point. And yeah. that is, you know, you're able to have a lot of weight over or just behind that axle and it's able to handle an awful lot of it so that is a huge issue and that's where we would recommend having you know a heavy duty with the the, as a dually yeah and um since we do do a lot of driving i mean you drive actually daily quite a many miles because you know um coming to work and whatnot yeah it's between 80 and 90 miles a day uh do let me tell me this how many hotshot drivers do you see out there? Like, oh, if you get an I-25 or I-70, you know, people towing anything from cars to, like, oil rig equipment mm. or boxes and all this well, stuff. Well, you should probably explain to some people who don't understand what a hotshot driver is. Um, and I, I would say I average three or four days easily. Yeah. And on our road trips, like I just did last mm-hmm. week, uh, we see dozens of these guys. Yeah. A hotshot driver, really, the term comes from um, you're delivering some, something heavy, mm-hmm. but you're doing it in either a shorter distance or kind of quick response. So let's say there's a, I don't know, a factory that requires an air conditioner to be delivered. So you don't go to like a big transport company. You hire a hotshot driver who can bring that quicker, potentially, or a shorter distance. In many cases, those hotshot drivers are driving things from 250s, 350s, 450s. You know, they're, they're, they're driving vehicles that are a little smaller than your average, you know, tractor-trailer setup. And they're still able to get an awful large load in many cases to these locations directly, quickly. And as Andre said, so you don't have to go through these large contractor companies in order to ship something somewhere. You go through these smaller guys and they go directly there and they're quick. Yes. And so I've been playing this game uh, mostly with myself. Mm-hmm. I, I try to uh, look what is the most common hotshot truck, the most common vehicle I see. And for me, and this is not like a scientific study. This is not a survey I did. Uh, for me, I see a lot of Ram, Ram trucks. Okay. And I've, I've talked to several people in, in the industry, and I want to get your take on this. Um, I, I, in my opinion, Ram truck, gosh, I want to say 60 to 70% of hotshot drivers I see on the highway really? are Rams. Hmm. And then the other 40%, let's say, is split between Ford and GM. I would, okay. I, That's the, my perception. I, I see a lot of Ram. This is all suit of the pants, so we're not, yeah. this is not, you know. Um, but I would say I see, uh, yes, I see a lot of Ram. I would agree with you that the, a, a majority are Ram, but I think that second to that would be Ford. I see a lot of Ford dualies. Running. And GM maybe in third place? Yeah, I think GM okay. would be in third place. Not that there's any, you know, the ranking so, means anything. It's yeah. just that's what I see at least. And that's, and I used to take notes to my head because I'd look and want to, you know, we're, we're truck guys, car guys. And so it's like, oh, okay, that has the old fender flares from the old Ford that were really blocky. Or, maybe, or the round one that looked like it was cut from a, you know, half a tube. You know. Or maybe the bed is removed, right? Right. And they're doing like a flatbed or just a fifth wheel. Right. Yeah. And then you, of course, struggle to figure out which truck it is. And for us, you know, it's a challenge. Oh, we'll drive a little bit faster to see what it is, that type of thing. So for me, my perception is, yes, Ram, I think might be the dominant number there. 
But then I think second would be Ford. I see a lot of Fords. Too. Yeah, and I started to like thinking to myself, why? Mm. Right? Why, why? Why is this? And then um, I was also talking to uh, Lightning, uh, Jay Tillis from mm-hmm. Truck yeah. Show Podcast. And he mentioned, he, he said something interesting. Uh, most truck stops, big rigs, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they're either co-located with a Cummins support center or a, there's a mechanic on site uh, with that can do Cummins work. Huh. And Ram trucks are powered by Cummins. That is true. That's so still pot- true. potential spare parts are there, potential knowledge. You know, hmm. there could be mechanics. There sure. could be people who are familiar with those engines. Um, so that may have to do a lot with that. Um, also, kind of initial, I mean, initial purchase, dollar amounts, mm-hmm. you know. But that's, you know, give and take. You know, Ford and GM are very competitive in the space. Yes. So original pricing. But if you show up with a Power Stroke or a Duramax to a truck stop, they might turn you away and say, you know, you should go to a dealership to get this serviced. I, I think that what you would be, the, the, the correct way to say this, in my mind, would be they might um, not be able to help you. Yeah, not that they'll immediately turn you right. away. Right. Oh, how dare you bring us forward onto our property. Get out. Be gone. It's not necessarily. So, no, no, no. But, but you are right. I do recall seeing that um, there were guys who would even wear the you know the Cummins badge sure, yeah, yeah. you know on their thing. So it's definitely worth noting. Um, and perhaps that does have something to do with it. So um, so let let us know what you think. Yes. You know, this is kind of uh, my perspective. Uh, let us know about your perspective. But here this is a, a a buyer's guide for heavy duty trucks. So I wanted to point that out because um, and I think there was history of this, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, I mean, Ram and Cummins have been together for decades, yes. right? And they've developed a great partnership together. Um, and it's kind of like almost best of breed, right? Because Ram builds the chassis and the, and the body of the truck. Cummins builds the engine. And in the heavy-duty space, ice and transmissions uh, they use. Mm-hmm. So they kind of use best of breed. GM's been doing that for many years. Because kind of the Duramax engine kind of came from Isuzu space. Yes. Um, some of the knowledge there. They also use Allison transmissions. Or now Allison Brennan transmissions. Correct. That's another best of breed combination, right? And then Ford is unique because they're mostly in house. Yeah, and and most recently they're all in house. I yes. mean, they're designing and producing their own transmissions, their own engines, and maybe it works it works really great for them because they control all those things. Well, there is you one know? thing on paper they certainly look good because Ford is currently leading the power and towing capability levels of of you know these trucks. So perhaps and, that's that's the benefit is they're able to go through those crazy numbers. And here's my thing, you know I love numbers. Yes, you do. I have notes. That's no uh, so uh a recent testing, if you remember about almost 3 years ago, not quite. Mm-hmm. We did all the new diesel dually testing. We did I gauntlets yes. with them. We Mr. Truck was involved in this yes, uh, he was. In, a, in a big way. Uh, we also did fuel efficiency runs on our flat highways mm-hmm. um, that we have in the plains in the eastern Colorado. And bar none, the Ford Super Duty diesel, the, the Power Stroke, was the most efficient by far. So um, on the same loop, we, we were in a 66-mile loop, the Power Stroke diesel, this is, remember, 2020, mm-hmm. so a couple of years ago, 7.8 MPG, GM uh, Duramax 6.9 MPG, and Ram comments 6.060. This is all towing 30,000 pounds. Correct. 
thirty thousand pounds. So, so based on this number, you see, you said you see a lot of uh, Fords mm -hmm. out there towing heavy loads. Maybe there should be more Fords because if you're using less fuel, then you're making more money. Then you're making more money, yeah. and also, um, in many cases, uh, Fords, you know how they hunt for numbers. Mm -hmm. They have sometimes better towing numbers as well. Uh, in some, in some, um, for some trucks. That is worth mentioning. And uh, bear in mind that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a dually. There are heavy-duty trucks out there that are, have a, you know, single-wheel rear axle. Yeah. Um, and many of those still are very capable of towing and hauling and whatnot, just not quite up there with the duallys. Yeah, and also, um, also stress this again, Let's say you're thinking about starting a hotshot business. Mm -hmm. I would recommend a dually. Yes, I would too. Uh, because you always want to get a truck that's a little bit more capable than what you might need, not less capable, right? That way you're not taxing it too much, yeah. and then you get or more. Or you're breaking axles or exactly. something else. We, everything lasts longer. Once again, you're making money the longer things last. It's just That's just part of the deal. Yeah. But uh, there, there's a lot more the, to the um, heavy-duty truck world and we're unfortunately not able to cover you know, details about interiors and everything else because that would be another two hours. Well, I and have two can. hours. Do you? You really want to do a two-hour? No, hour? no, but I want to finish this conversation by speaking about DEF. Right, and that's Def. exactly what I was hoping. Because you had a bad experience, and I've actually seen stuff, uh, please explain what DEF is, why it's used, and why it's an issue. First of all, it's a pretty big deal mm -hmm. uh, because it has environmental and health concerns. Diesel engines of any kind, mm -hmm. I'm talking about in, the, in general, uh, diesel engines run at higher temps, higher compressions. That's yes. what a diesel engine is. It's like not 14 a, to 1 and stuff like that. Well, it's not a, it's not a spark ignited engine. It it's ignites on compression. Right. Hence creating a lot of pressure, a lot of heat. Uh, what you do while doing that, you create a NOx. So NOx, mm -hmm. um, nitrogen uh, monoxide or dioxide, those are pretty harmful emissions, right? Correct. I, I don't want to make this about, you know, harmful emissions. We're not talking about the environment, um, but we're talking about what is required. And there yeah, are ways it, you can fight this. It affects the environment, it affects plant life and human life. And it well. offends my wife. Uh, and other people. Yes. In, in some ways. I just thought it so uh, DEF um, is urea, basically urea slash water combination, a liquid that you, um, all, all modern diesels um, now carry not just a fuel tank, but a small, smaller DEF tank. Yeah. Um, and the DEF fluid is injected into the exhaust system um, at certain times and at certain amounts to counteract the these nitrogen monoxide and dioxide. You could say it neutralizes it because it actually works quite well. Yeah, uh, and actually from about five to six years, remember Charlotte yep. in the previous office? Yes. She was a, she's a chemistry major. Yes. She, she is a very, you know, very smart uh, young lady, mm -hmm. and she did a full deep dive into DEF and how that's done and the chemistry behind it. Yes. So please check it out. Yeah, that, um, that, yeah, that is about five years ago. Though. Yeah, maybe six yeah. almost. Um, so... You need that mm -hmm. because it neutralizes it. You know, it, it's no longer cre uh, emitting a lot of harmful gases, but, you know, part of it is converted to water vapor. You exactly. Know, and, uh, and Which is harmless, essentially. Yeah, yes. Um, what happens if you don't have death? What happens if it runs Your out? Your truck goes into limp home mode because mm -hmm. that's what it's designed to comply with regulations. It's not like, oh, I'll fill up tomorrow. You know, uh, just give me a minute, mm -hmm. right? 
um, the truck is designed when it sees that you're almost running out of DEF, and these tanks are usually about five gallons. Mm -hmm. I mean, different manufacturers give you different size tanks. Right. And it starts giving you error messages, not error messages, warnings. Warnings. Um, Low fluid. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and this happened to me on my trip last week, um, because DEF can be hard to find. It's Correct. it's not just like you pull, pull in into any, any corner store or any gas station and find it easily. However, there are some large gas stations, Beaver and uh, well, Loves and some of those guys who I think have small pumps for people who well, can actually pump the stuff directly into their truck. Usually truck stop places. L- large you know, truck stops. Where semis usually go. May have them available, although ironically the one that I stopped at and I actually had a look at that pump. Uh, the pump was out of service, and a lot of people were really, really upset about that. Anyway, yeah. continue. So anyways, so you have to account for that, mm-hmm. especially when you're towing heavy, which we weren't really towing heavy, but our truck is lifted. It's carrying a trailer and a camper. And so we were able to go, I calculated, approximately 1,500 miles in using the entire tank of DEF, right? So it, effect, it basically, uh, within one week, we had to fill up twice. Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm I'm kind of discussing it now right. because I had recent experience with this. Um, so two things you can do, like you said, you can go to a truck stop, usually where big trucks go, semis. Sometimes there are actual pumps. That, and it's actually relatively inexpensive. It's about $4 a gallon of DEF. Right. Um, so it's actually less expensive than diesel. If you can find them. They're not at every stop. So no. just keep that in mind. And some truck stops don't have that. Exactly. Um, you can do that. Or... You can walk into the gas station and buy a um, container. Which is what you did. A two and a half gallon container of DEF. How much did that cost? $21. So now you're paying $8 plus per gallon, Mm -hmm. which at first you're like, wait a minute, twice the cost? Yeah. What's the deal? But but here's here's a little, little chink. Quality of DEF matters. You know, I didn't wasn't wasn't quite aware of this until recently. I wasn't aware either. Um, and so, so if you have a large pump, you know, using a large, co- you know, pu- um, con- container of fluid that you're dispensing through a through a nozzle, if it's old or maybe it was contaminated with water or other things, the quality of it changes. So, so it's really important to have good quality DEF. That can affect your efficiency, and it can also make your system the, not work well. Yeah, and that's kind of a big pain for a lot of people. Right. You know, when your DEF system is out of service, it costs a lot of money to repair, and sometimes it's hard to repair, right? And you're not going anywhere, really. You're not going to be hauling big time without your DEF system working properly. So um, let us know what you think about this as well, because I've heard many reports that recommend paying more Getting those hand containers, two and a half gallon containers, right. they're plastic bottles. Rather than going to a pump. Rather than going to a truck stop pump because uh, the con- sometimes they have dates. Many, you know, this fluid was manufactured mm-hmm. on such and such date or expiration dates. And the quality of that is visible. Mm-hmm. You could see it. You could read it on the bottle. Right. So a lot of people recommend this. They're saying if it costs more, it's a bummer, but you... you you know, it's healthier for your truck to have high-quality fluid. How many miles a month do you think an average hotshot would, would run? Well, I know some guys, you know, Toe Piglet was mm-hmm. on our podcast That's a couple right. of years ago. 
Um, I think he puts down like 100,000 miles a year. Okay, 100,000 miles a year. So if you divide that with 1,500 miles. Let me do that. Yeah, so while you're doing that, and you put in $21. So that's about 66 gallons of DEF a year. Okay, 66, and how much would that cost? if you Times, what, $8 a gallon? Which is in yeah, the bottle. That's roughly a little over eight dollars, but yeah, let's yeah. just do eight. Well, actually, so five hundred and thirty-five. Let's call it five hundred and fifty dollars a year. Okay, let's say five hundred and fifty dollars. That's still a couple tanks worth of gas or diesel. It could be more than that. I mean, an average dually has between 30, 30 and forty-five gallons. Mm -hmm. So let's calculate that. So five hundred and fifty dollars a year for DEF. Mm -hmm. um, versus thanks what, for hanging with us folks a hundred thousand miles well we just talked about like seven mpg right mm -hmm. so um let's divide by seven so you might be using fourteen thousand gallons of diesel uh yeah 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 i guess so. uh times diesel is expensive yes it is Let's say five dollars. It's between four and five dollars. Uh, I saw it's like four eighty at by Times my house. five. You're spending seventy one thousand dollars a year on diesel, approximately. So you might say, well, who cares about an additional five hundred bucks? But it matters, especially if you're you know somebody who is a contractor. You're on your own, and you're not in the pocket of some other company. It you know that that money can be a little ridiculous. So. This, once again, to encapsulate everything that Andre is saying is that it is very expensive to get DEF. Um, I'm curious in the comments below if you guys know of some inexpensive alternatives. We're not talking about peeing in your, in your DEF yeah, Please don't pee in your truck, your, your 50, 60, 70, $90,000 truck. Don't do that. Yes. But um, it, I'm curious to see what your perspective is on that. And I think we can kind of end on that. Um, we, it was very broad. We decided to go a little bit more freeform this time. Let us know if you actually liked this setup that we kind of provided for you today. And also, um, in three years ago and in the future, um, I have done DEF measurements mm -hmm. on major heavy-duty trucks. Right. You could check it out at tfltruck.com as well. Uh, I'll, I'll publish another story And it'll also this. be on alltfl. Alltfl.com. And in our previous um, history, because we measured it using the pump, mm -hmm. which is the only really good way I know how to measure this, because I can't do it with hand-filled jugs. Right. Right. Um, Ram was actually one of the best on DEF usage. Interesting. So maybe that's another reason why a lot of hotshot drivers choose it. Because it's not about really the cost, it's also the convenience of it, right? Just not having to worry about it all the time, perhaps. Yeah, because you're already worried about everything else, including mm -hmm. your fuel, right. and now you're worried about the DEF. So it's more, in my mind, it's more about convenience rather than cost, as we just talked. Okay, well, you heard it here. And once again, we want to get your opinion on this, guys. Um, and we hope that you, please, if you decide to lift your vehicle, just do your due diligence and make sure that, you know, the vehicle is still safe to drive and all that. And, uh, yeah, please send your questions over here. And we want to read your comments below. Yeah, so use patreon.com slash tflcar or ask at tfltruck.com. That's our email alias. That's right, right guys. All right, well, thank you. See you next time. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.